Welcome back to the Gentleman Sweep Podcast. I haven't made one of these in a little while. I think it's been around a month uh, since I've made one. And we're going to be talking about post-trade deadline for the MLB. This happened on July 30th. It is now August 30th. So, a couple players were traded over the deadline. A couple teams made deals, buyers, sellers. It all happened. It has been um, a month since this has happened. And we'll check out the uh, stats and how their teams, that their new teams, have improved. We'll start off, we'll start off with the uh, the main three guys that I think were the biggest names coming into the deadline, or the uh, uh, even at the beginning of the season, with the Cubs' three sluggers. Everybody knew that the at the trade deadline, before the season started, that the Cubs most likely would be sellers. That three These three guys were the biggest question marks. Cubs started to have a bit of a hot streak, and we're, we were all thinking, are they going to sell? Are they going to go for one last run? And now, um, since they, back at the trade deadline, they were out of playoff contention, so they decided to sell. And they traded away Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo. So Javi Baez, prior to the trade deadline, was batting to the tune of a two forty eight batting average with a seven fifty seven OPS and hitting 22 homers. So some nice numbers there. And since being traded, he's playing 17 games, which is not um, that many games since for in a month in a month span. It's not seventeen games isn't much. Uh, with a batting average of two ten, an OPS of seven oh nine and four homers. However, he's hitting homers at the same relative pace as he was with the Cubs. He was hitting every fifteen at bats with the Cubs, and now every fifteen and a half at bats with the Mets. And so, obviously. He decided to boo the fans because they were booing him, but he does have the obligation to play good for the fans. So what he said with him, his reasoning for booing the fans was totally irresponsible and it was not a good reason for him to boo the fans. Um, Then we go on to Chris Bryant, who um, has improved slightly with his new teams. It's arriving in the Bay. He's played 22 games. He's been hitting a batting average of... 268 and OPS of 867. And he's hit six home runs and 82 at bats compared to when he was on the Cubs and hitting a 267 batting average and 861 OPS. So improved slightly, but he um, is going to a team that was in first place and uh, they've stayed in first place over the Dodgers, who we're all shocked that uh, the Dodgers aren't in first and the uh, Giants are, but. Same to stay there. Uh, then we go to the third slugger, Anthony Rizzo, who was, who had the best start with this new team. He was traded the Bronx, hitting three homers immediately. But uh, he's played 18 games and a 219 batting average and a 691 OPS. He's stayed with three homers. He started out after the deadline as one of the best guys to be dealt, but has since cooled off significantly. He needs to turn it back on. On the Cubs, Rizzo was hitting 248 batting average and OPS of 792. So he has been taking a step down. But his Yankees are in a home wildcard spot, so he has everything he needs to um, to help his team out. Then we go to Sterling Marte, who's been a good pickup by the Athletics. Who's hit, he's hit a 342 batting average and an 833 OPS in his 28 games in Oakland, hitting two home runs, including a walk-off. The main thing I like about Sterling Marte is that he's in the lineup a lot. He's played 28 games, 
in a three day stretch, uh, for I think it was th- I think it's thirty days from the deadline. Um, but twenty eight games, and so he's playing basically every single time his team is not uh taking any days off. Joe Gallo was another re- name dealt to the Yankees and has been more or less a disappointing bat coming into the Bronx, hitting five homers but only a one fifty three batting average and a six eighty one OPS. But him and Rizzo have led the Yankees to a playoff spot, so it seems to be working. Gallo, however, despite the bad average, has a 314 OBP. And this is because he draws a lot of walks. That's one of his specialties. So I can't say he's not doing a good job because he is doing a good job in one of his specialties, which is drawing walks. He's had 23 so far in in the 28 games he's played for the Yankees. Um... Then now we move on to Trey Turner, who was brought over from the Nationals with Scherzer, and he's been moved over to the Dodgers. And he's played 21 games, hit two home runs, uh, and has the average set to the tune of 325 with an 861 OPS, and already has five stolen bases. Now we'll move on to the pitchers with Mad Max Scherzer being one of the biggest names floating around the deadline. We go to the Red Sox, the Padres, the Giants. No, he went to none of them. He went to the Dodgers. The Mad Max man with two eye colors has pitched four games with a 1.55 ERA, 29 innings pitched, 12 Ks per nine, turning the Dodgers back into a team to be feared in the playoffs. One of the teams with the biggest amount of depth going into the season added Max Scherzer, who's only done phenomenal since being since wearing Dodger blue. Uh, I think Max Scherzer... Is gonna either Max Scherzer or Walker Buehler is gonna get the uh, the ball to play in the wild card game, and then think about it, you have Walker Buehler pitching the wild card game, uh, pitches six innings, one earned maybe maybe seven innings, one earned, two earned, you give it to your uh, relievers, you give it to your closers, they finish out the game, uh, then you go into the game one of of uh, the divisional round against the Giants, and you have Max Scherzer facing off most likely Kevin Gosman if the Giants can hold their spot as the first seed, which they probably will. Gosman versus Scherzer, I'd love to see that matchup, and um, I'm interested to see how the Dodgers-Giants series can go now that the Dodgers have made so many, these two great moves with Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Kyle Gibson? was one of the other good names floating around. I wanted the Red Sox to pick him up, but he went to the Phillies, and he started five games with a 316 ERA, uh, pitched 37 innings with a 667 winning percentage. He's done all right for them. He uh, the, the Phillies were in the first seed for a little while, but then relinquished the first spot to the Braves, who seemed to be According to baseball reference, the team to win the division. Um, I think the Mets are pretty much out of it unless they can go on a hot streak here, which they can. They got the Nationals and Marlins, but they also need the Phillies and Braves to lose too. So the Mets are officially seven and a half games out of the division. I think the wild card is pretty much out of contention for the Mets. The Mets are out of contention for the wild card with the Padres and the Cardinals and the Reds all vying for the second wild card spot. I think it's too difficult for the Mets to 
go for the wild card. I think they have to go for the division, which is they're almost eight games behind the division. So now we move on to Jose Barrios, who got traded from uh, the disappointing Twinkies to the playoff hopeful Blue Jays. And since being traded, he started six games, winning two and losing two, pitching two, at 3.73 or a 31.1 innings in 10Ks per nine. Blue Jays have since uh, this, uh, since the deadline, they went from one of the teams that, one of the L East teams that excited us, maybe could have made the wild card. Now they're 13 and a half games back from the division, and they're five and a half games back from the wild card. So I think they're dead in the water. They got um, almost close to no chance. Then one of the last big names traded at the deadline was Craig Kimbrell. He was one of the best relievers in the league while he was with the Cubs. But since being traded to the White Sox, he's had to share his role of closer with one of the other good closers, Liam Hendricks. Kimbrell has pitched... 11.1 11.1 innings with the White Sox. He has a 7.15 ERA with 17 strikeouts and 13.5 Ks per nine. Kimbrell was a good pickup for the World Series frontrunner White Sox, and they're building upon their strength, adding a solid pitcher. He'll pick up his play in October, and I think that he was a great addition because you can switch it up between Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks. You can also pitch them both in one game, and you can save some of your other bullpen's arms and uh, just help out your team overall. If you got a good closer, you can save some close games maybe. And so I think the White Sox are one of the better teams in the AL. If you listen to today's episode, I thank you. It's one of my first episodes back in a long time, talking about the trade deadline. I'll try to make maybe another one soon here before the NFL season starts, uh, talking about the schedules and the standings. Also, I don't think I ever really reviewed the Seattle Kraken's expansion draft, so if I can, I'll do that and try to have both those episodes out before the beginning of the NFL season.